This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello and welcome to Deadline Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. I am an associate editor and film writer at Deadline Hollywood. Today we have another great episode and this time we're talking to actor, director, and writer O.T. Fagbenley. The man is super busy. Emmy nominated for his supporting role as Luke Bankhold in The Handmaid's Tale, Fagbenley most recently starred opposite Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh in Marvel's Black Widow. He also stars as Barack Obama in Showtime's anthology series The First Lady alongside Oscar winner Viola Davis. He also recently wrote, co-directed, executive produced, and starred in a six-part British comedy series called Max. That's with three X's. Along with the First Lady, Fagbenley appears in several episodes of the Apple TV show We Crashed, which of course chronicles the WeWork disaster involving Adam and Rebecca Newman. Created and written by showrunners Lee Eisenberg and Drew Cavello, We Crashed is about the greed-filled rise and inevitable fall of WeWork, one of the world's most valuable startups, and the narcissist whose chaotic love made it all possible. Now in the show, Fagbenley plays Cameron Lautner, who is a partner at an investment firm and is tasked with trying to instill discipline at WeWork and prepare it for its upcoming IPO, which brings him, him as in the character of Cameron, into direct conflict with the company's eccentric and headstrong CEO, Adam Newman, played by actor Jared Leto. Now, on this episode, O.T. talks about his growing career, what it was like to work with Viola Davis, and the two of us get into a small debate about what it means to scam and what scamming actually looks like. It's a really fun conversation, and if you like it, I encourage you to like and subscribe to Deadline Scene to Scene podcast. You can do so on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And with that said, let's get into it. You've done like a lot of different types of work in a short amount of time. Uh, you you were in the Black Widow, and now you're in We Crashed. You know, totally different roles, totally different um, everything. How did you how did you hear about the We Crashed project? Mm, I think you know my agent sent me a script and um, told me it was in. And to be honest, when it first came to me, it was a bit like, oh, you know, it's a very small part. You know, I mean, I might not be that interested in doing it. But when I read it, I was like, oh, I think there's something really interesting to be done here. Mm. But I don't know if they let me do it like the way I wanted to do it. So I had a meeting with the producers and who were really like amenable and stuff. And and so then I was like, yeah, this sounds interesting. And then I ended up, you know, expanding as a part and stuff. Mm. And, and your part, Cameron, uh, Lautner, like he is like the most rational person here in this show. The one that sort of understands how things are working and the one that asks the questions and sort of is skeptical, uh, a little skeptical from the beginning. And so how did you 
how did you shape that character based on, you know, what actually took place with the WeWork So, I mean, I think because in a way, Cameron is like an amalgamation of a couple of real life characters. So I, I was kind of taking my cues more from the script. And, and like I said, like when I first read it, I just had this immediate intuitive. I've got a lot of friends who are in finance and stuff. Um, my best friend from high school just happened to go into finance. And so whenever I hang out with him, I'm hanging out with a bunch of guys in that. And so, um, yeah, so I don't know. I just had a bit more of like an intuitive reaction to the, to the part. And I just, you know, really focused on the script as my, as my lead, more so than the kind of like real life, because like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm playing an amalgamation. And how, how did you first hear about the WeWork scandal? Um, I don't know. Maybe I call it a scam, but people are like, scam is too harsh. It might be. What, what do you, what do you think? What was the scam? Well, it almost seemed like they were, well, they were lying about money. And anytime I see people lie about money, I'm like, okay, so there's a scam going on here. And they were pocketing money that they weren't supposed to, and then lying about their numbers in terms of this is what this is what the company has or whatever. And mm. I see that as kind of a scam, but maybe it's a scandal as opposed to a scam. So wh- where were you or what did you think about it when you you know heard about it or where were you when you first heard about? Oh my God, we you know this going is, what I'm about to say is going to sound really anticlimactic and maybe disappoint. But I, I, I don't know. Like I was much more just interested in the characters and their dynamics and the relationship. I kind of felt like I think what's a scandal is a lack of healthcare that yeah. <laughs> exists. Yeah. Is that people <laughs> right. go broke because they break their arm or need an ambulance or something. Right. Like that to me is a scandal. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find it, you know, I don't know, destabilizing countries and going to war that that's a scat what happened there i i just i'm just a bit i don't know i i guess maybe i need to, i could even be even more educated on it than i am but i i was i was finding it hard to get myself up to the the appropriate level of outrage potentially i think the reason why myself and other people saw it like that is because there was a lot of money involved and there were a lot of little people who suffered as a result of what they did. And they, you know, they were living the lifestyle while people were living paycheck to paycheck and like 10 days away from homelessness. And I, but yeah. that's every business, right? That's most corporations and most corporate things are just kind of like that. It's just this one in particular got sort of put on the spot. Um, and had a target on their back because there was so much money involved. And, and so as far as the, the, the scandal sort of of it all, I'm curious, have you, is there any sort of thing that you would see as something that might be a similar, not scandal, but a similar thing that may have happened that you can remember where, um, where you're from in England maybe? Um, well, what can I say? You know, to be honest, what can I think of in England? A similar sort of situation. Nothing really comes to mind. I mean, like the Iraq war is what I think of as scandal. The millions and millions, if not billions that we poured into 
just completely breaking down the country and leaving it much worse off than we found it. Right. People worse off. Like, I don't know. Th- those, those are the things that really, you know, I guess maybe on a more local level, you know, where I live uh, in London, where my place is in London, there was the Grenfell uh, fire. Oh, where, man. You know, for, for profit, they put flammable cladding on people's homes and mm-hmm. that led to a, a terrible, terrible disaster. But Are those people yeah. still displaced? That's what I heard when I read, last read about it. There are people from the Grenfell Tower who still haven't found like permanent housing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally up to date with it, but the last I checked in, yeah, that, that was a problem that there were people that is, who were still displaced. I would consider that definitely something that would go along the lines of that. But uh, back to the show, what was it like working with just the cast? The cast is really great, but you have two Academy Award winners sort of leading the charge here. What was it like working with them and around them? Uh, on the show uh it was really really great you know they're 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 very different personalities but um you know I I guess you know (laughs) Adam you know I didn't meet Jared really I met Adam Newman Mm -hmm. um you know very kind of mercurial and charismatic character and it was very kind of robust you know Mm because he was very uh, he would do unexpected things and go off uh off script and stuff like that. So I find I find it quite fun to be honest. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know why this question came to my mind, like when I was watching some of the episodes, but what were those rehearsals like? Like, you know, Adam is extremely, you know, active and extremely sort of, Magna- he has a magnanimous personality but when rehearsing did Jared Leto and Hathaway or anyone else sort of uh, bring that 100% at the very beginning we didn't really rehearse um, oh wow okay yeah and Jared Jared wouldn't even really do our camera rehearsal so um so yeah I mean what you saw on camera is very often the first time all of us were together wow okay well you know, of course, everybody is like, you know, really talented. So and sometimes you don't always need rehearsals. So I'm, I'm yeah, but that doesn't mean there's no preparation. There are hours and hours of preparation, but rehearsal is, is a different thing. Can you talk a little bit about that preparation? I'm, you know, curious to hear more about that. And I appreciate you pointing out the difference there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean you know, it's different for every actor. I'm just from my perspective, like preparation could include technical things such as learning the lines, but more importantly, really understanding your character, really understanding what the given circumstances of the scene are, Mm -hmm. what does your character want to achieve in the scene, what are the obstacles to achieving that, what are your relationships with every single person who's in that room with you, what do you want out of them, who are your allies, who are your enemies, is it raining outside, did you get drunk the night before, do you have a bit of a hangover, is it hot, Mm -hmm. like all of the circumstances which make up 
like that moment mm-hmm. so within it then you know um yeah I expect it could happen and okay so I'm going to transition a little bit to talk about the handmaid's tale and it's, it's such it's such heavy material to work with and you know your character has a has a really big sort of arc in the show dealing with that that type of content how did you did you find yourself taking any of that home with you um or when you leave set you sort of leave the character and leave all the drama right there yeah I mean I guess there are some echoes when you go home maybe you're a bit tired or exhausted it can be quite cathartic and that in itself can be quite depleting but um I don't have any handmaid's trauma (laughs) <laughs> i i because i mean because i do but i was like wondering like, <laughs> yeah i was wondering like you know and the way that sort of trajectory went with the character how did you work to sort of build across that that arc so to speak i'm just really interested in like luke's sort of creation and how you built upon that season after season after season? Yeah, I think, well, it's a great question. I don't know, I'm really stuck with it, I guess, because it's very hard. It's one thing if I know, okay, well, here's all, I don't know, 40 episodes of The Handmaid's Tale, this is gonna be your arc, and then I can make some plan. But very mm-hmm. often, like right now, I think we're on episode five. I don't know what's happening in episode nine. So, so how do I plan for that trajectory? Mm-hmm. I can't to some extent. Mm-hmm. I have to like be a little bit more moment to moment, which I guess is what life is like. But definitely, mm-hmm. you know, each, all the previous elements mm-hmm. help inform any current position that Luke is in. And so I don't know if that answers the question very well. No, 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 it does. It does. And it's, you know, Luke sort of grows, you know, from season to season. And I, I, you know, I'm always curious to know how does one build upon what they did before to make it better, fresh, new. And even though, you know, you can't see the future, you did manage, there was always little subtle changes every season that you made to make the character, to make the audience sort of discover something new about the character. So I just wanted to throw that Mm -hmm. out there. Oh, well, thanks for saying so. I mean, I think I'm also discovering new things about Luke and also, I guess, discovering new things about me. You know, it's it's funny, like sometimes I know there are people who like see characters as something over there, which they right. become, but I, I, I kind of feel like all the characters live within me. Mm-hmm. There's a... um. There's this quote, which I love, which is, do I contradict myself very well? I can contradict myself. I am large. I can fit mm-hmm. multitudes. And I think within us, we all have multitudes. Within us, we have, you know, the, the sinner and the saint, you know, mm-hmm. the, the murderer and the martyr. And I think it's about uncovering parts of yourself, maybe quiet, secret parts of yourself, mm-hmm. um, and, then, and then letting them live on screen. And so... I don't know. Yeah. So the discovery of Luke is also self-discovery and, and the kind of, I don't know. It's a weird symbiosis. Is that even yeah, a word? Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. 
I know it sounds strange. And like, when you spell it, it's like, that can't be the right spelling, but it is. Like, <laughs> I got through that one. My goodness. I should, I should keep the words more within my lexicon. And you, when you talk about like this tapping into parts of yourself for specific characters and playing Barack Obama and the first, and the first lady, um, I don't know, where does one begin to sort of capture all that Barack Obama was as a person, as a father, as a husband, and as a president? Yeah, it's very overwhelming. I've got to tell you, it was very yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, I was going to say, it has I, to be. I'm I kind of, whenever I approach any character or any script or anything, I think my first job is comprehension. Mm -hmm. So just trying to understand, just trying to understand, like before I go, okay, what does he want here? And what does he want there? Just trying to get a broad understanding. And uh -huh. so I started by revisiting his autobiographies, which I'd read before and, and then reading Michelle's autobiography and they're great books. I recommend them to anyone and then watching documentaries and just trying to kind of, without prejudging or making decisions, just trying to get a broad overview and, and making notes. And so I just made extensive mm. notes on his life and her life, and their relationship and things they would say about themselves. So things they would say, uh, you know, about each other. It, it's funny the things you can pick up and then slowly patterns start to emerge or you start to emerge in patterns. And like working, using that, and working opposite like one of the best actresses in Hollywood, Viola Davis, like when you talk about overwhelming and intimidation, was there any of that there when playing opposite uh, her, her and the character of Michelle Obama, who's also very, you know, large and sort of, um, you know, who, who she is, you know, she's like my, one of my faves, one of my besties. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you know what, there would be, uh, except for Viola, Queen Viola is, is just so generous and mm -hmm. personable that very soon that breaks down and, and you just are, are working with an actor who is just extraordinary and very inspiring. And you know, I've seen the first two episodes and, you know, I, I, it, it's really like compelling stuff. And I hope that people connect with your performance and see a little bit of you, but also see Barack Obama in there. Cause that's important to give a little bit of your, of yourself, like you said before. Uh, in a performance, you know, everybody has a different way of that they do things, but, um, you know, you're, you're super busy. I, I'm just curious, what, what else do you have coming up like right now that we can look forward to from you? Well, I mean, I, um, I wrote and directed uh, a TV show called Max, which is on Hulu, M-A-X-X-X. And, um, off the back of that, that was quite successful. Um, I've been given the opportunity to do some more writing and directing and producing. So I've got a couple of projects which I'm, I'm spearheading behind the camera. And how, is there a difference in be, okay, let me rephrase this. What do you think are the noticeable differences of being in front and behind the camera. Not like, okay, well, you know, you're behind the camera directing, of course, that's different than acting. But 
what are some onset things that you notice are quite different from the different from the different angles? Well, I mean, I, I think as oh gosh, sorry, I'm having a bit. <laughs> okay. um, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the, the main thing is just the breadth, you know, of focus. When I'm playing a character, I, I only have to really focus myself on the journey of my character. Whereas when you're writing and directing, you have to have a much more mic macro sense of the world and what's going on and and even sometimes a, a logistical sense well can you set that scene in a helicopter probably cheaper to set it in a car or whatever you know like there is you know a pragmatic sense there's a macro sense of the arcs of all the stories and how they interweave and and then also just the balancing of the various personalities there's a lot more politics involved in being an executive producer and even a director so those are some of the differences I, you know, it would seem like, you know, something that would be intimidating, but you know, you gotta be a special type of person that can take all of that on. And so I'm, you know, really glad and happy for your trajectory and looking forward to seeing more of your work, more of your personal work and more of your performances. And thank you so much for, for coming you. on the, the Scene to Scene podcast and uh, you know, talking about all types of things. I, you know, I'm sorry if it was a little all over the place, but I had so many. No, it was fun. I had so many questions for you because um, you're like one of my favorite, you know, uh, actors doing the do out there. So, oh, wow, I really appreciate um, that. I, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Are you in LA or you Where can? am I? I just landed in New York. Okay, so... Have a wonderful evening or afternoon. And uh, thank you again for appearing on the Scene to Scene podcast. I really My pleasure. And thank you. And of course, our next conversation.